The following podcast is a work of fiction. All characters are the creation of Peter Williams. Any resemblance to someone living or dead is purely coincidental. Thank you. For better or for worse, a decision has been made. And now, friends, colleagues, they know. Their eyes have been opened to what lies beyond in the encroaching darkness, waiting forever on the prowl, ready to snatch up those who fall from grace. <laughs> Welcome back, children, to another Tentacle Tuesday. I am your host, Lord Piotra. If you need a moment to refresh your drink or refill your popcorn, this is the time to do it. Need I remind you that this podcast does contain images of graphic violence and child endangerment. Least I forget the colorful metaphors. <laughs> so it may not be suitable for children under the age of 13. <laughs> now... Light those candles and dim the lights as we rejoin the detective in Chapter 4, Acquiring Allies. <laughs> detective Stevens arrived in front of the Montgomery Police Station and took a minute to gather his thoughts. His head was pounding. He desperately needed sleep. But first, he needed to sit down with the chief and discuss the Cullen report. Taking a deep breath, he climbed out of the car and headed up the stone steps past the old gas lanterns perched on stone columns at the base of the first step. His body moaned with each step and he mused how once he straddled these steps and now he barely plods over them. The sun shot over the A-framed roof and he covered his eyes pulling his fedora forward. A couple younger officers passed him on their way down, nodding respectfully. He smiled. There's something to be said about youthful ignorance. But time jades most things, and even though he loves what he does, it weighed on him. Hey, Stevens! A voice called from the top step. He could barely make out the large stoic shadow of Detective Rogers. You coming, old man? Shaking his head with a chuckle, cut me some sack, Tim. It's been a long night. I heard. The large man reached out his arm and took his hand. Tim was more of a lumberjack than a detective. Good to see you, Tim, Stephen said as he took a second to look out over the cobblestone walkway that stretched out from the station. The maple trees had now turned a bright orange and red, reflecting back the morning sunlight. Come on, the burly man said. Let's get you a cup of coffee. Or would you prefer a cot? To be honest, a cot. But I'll take the coffee, too. I, I need to see the chief. He's held up in his office reading that uh, Cullen file. They passed the staff sergeant's desk and headed into the break room. The smell of burning coffee met their noses. God, you think after 30 years on the force, I'd be used to that acrid smell. Yeah, that will burn the lining off your stomach. I'll put up a fresh pot. How about that? Thanks, Tim. The chief told me, Detective Rogers said, as he proceeded to dump out the muddy black coffee into the drain and start preparing a new pot, that you had a run-in with High Priest Rune and the Church of Ina. Do you know about them? He asked Tim, raising a hopeful eyebrow. 
Yeah, I had a run-in with them three years ago. What can you tell me? Well, that High Priest character's one scary-looking dude. He moves with the silence and agility of a large cat. I noticed. What else? Well, they're a strange bunch of fucks. Hey, I'll tell you what. Drink this, he handed Warren a fresh cup of coffee. Talk to the chief, get some sleep, and when you return back to the land of the living, I'll go over what I know. Thanks, Tim, the detective responded. That would be great. Hey, Tim asked. Where's Rich? He's usually at your hip. He headed home. His wife called him about a strange car sitting up the road. Right. Do you want me to follow up with him? No, no, no. I got it. He said he'll meet me here after lunch. He's going to take the little ones trick-or-treating with the missus. Copy that. All right. You better get to the chief and I'll catch up with you later. Thanks, Tim. He looked at the etched letters on the frosted glass. The word still read, Chief Jason Reynolds, with the date of his passing underneath. Chief Henry Bell said he wanted to honor his friend and mentor. His name instead was inserted on one of those plastic strips in a holder just below the glass. Detective Stevens knocked softly, and he could hear the young man call out, Enter! He sat in a large leather chair, his reddish hair hanging over his brows as he studied the glowing computer screen off to his right. He pushed back and looked up. Warrens, come in. Hey, Chief. Damn, you look shot. Are you sure you're up to this right now? Yes, sir, I'm fine. Okay, okay, sit down. He turned the computer screen towards Stevens, saying, This is some serious weird shit, Stevens. Yes, sir. Are you really expecting me to believe in demons? For me, unfortunately, it's no longer an option to believe or not believe. It's I know. Jesus, if I didn't see these letters and notes from Chief Reynolds, Mayor Simmons, and Dr. Giles, I would force you to take a temporary leave and get your head on straight. Demons, shit. I just, have you gone over this with Donaldson yet? No, not yet. Pausing to take a sip of his coffee, it had cooled enough to drink it. Frankly, sir, I'm not sure of the wisdom of telling him. I'm not even sure telling you is the right thing to do. Well, what made you change your mind? This high priest, this master rune. Well, what about him? Frankly, sir, he scares me. He was able to slip past two of our men and vanish into the darkness, as if he was part of it himself. So, how do you want to handle this? The chief asked. It was clear all this was giving the man a headache. I would like to bring Detective Rogers on board in this investigation. Tim? Why him? The chief asked. He told me before I came in that he had experience with the Church of INA. That's right. I almost forgot. He worked on the Sharp case a few years back. If I recall, someone had accused him of making child sacrifices. He spent months trying to track down anything, but it came up inconclusive. Child sacrifice. Stephen thought about how he found Alex sitting on the cold floor in her tattered clothing. Was that what the Thomas family was doing? But if so, what had gone wrong? The chief pressed a button on his desk phone. Hicks. Yes, chief? The voice of Desk Sergeant Hicks responded. Can you get Detective Rogers and have him come to my office? Yes, sir. I'm on it. A few minutes later, a knock came at the door, and the two men could tell by the weight of his shadow it was Detective Rogers. Come in, Tim, the chief called out. The large man poked his head through the door. You, uh, summon me here, chief? The big man said through a toothy grin. There was something infectious about this man's personality, 
Despite his size, he seemed light, and he was devastatingly quick on his feet. The chief pointed to the chair next to Stevens, and Tim sat down. Hey, buddy, he teased Stevens. Did you get me called to the principal's office? Warren smiled and finished his coffee. Listen, chief. Yes, Stevens? While you fill him in and with your permission, I would like to increase the guards at the evidence locker and take a nap? <laughs> the chief laughed. Yeah, sure, you can do that. He headed down the hall and came to the back of the desk of Staff Sergeant Hicks. She was focused, oblivious to his presence. Hicks! The woman nearly jumped out of her skin. Damn it, Warren! I mean, Detective Stevens, you know I hate when you do that. He smiled. Yes, but it's still fun. She threw a wad of messages at him. Your new friend, Miss Kuchma, has left you a dozen messages. He sighed. He knew the woman was rattled. And with Alex in the ICU, it wasn't going to help. I'll get back to her after a nap. Oh, and Detective? Yeah, Hicks. Another woman from the hospital called. Oh, what about? It was uh, one of the nurses, Heidi, I think. She said you should come to the hospital as soon as possible. The detective's shoulders slumped as he let out a sigh. Hicks gave him a pained, angry look. Oh, no, detective. You're not running out of here until you've had at least two hours of sleep. But, Hicks... No buts. Don't make me go over your head. You're a mess. He rolled his eyes. Fine. I'll be a good boy and I'll go get some sleep. Don't worry, detective, she said. We'll still be here when you wake up. Oh, uh, Hicks. Yes, detective? I got permission from the chief to add a second officer to be posted by the evidence lockers. Is that about the tablet you brought in? Yeah. And a seven-foot-tall creepy high priest demanded we give it back. Consider it done. Thanks. A few minutes later, he laid down on the cot. It was lumpy and uncomfortable, but it didn't take long for him to pass out. In what felt like minutes, he awakened to a heavy vibration. It was his phone. Groggily, he answered it while checking the time. 2.03. Damn it. Hicks had let him sleep nearly five hours. Stevens. Hey, boss, it's uh, Donaldson. Sorry if I woke you. No, no, Rich, it's good. I was supposed to be up a few hours ago. Uh, what's up? I, uh, I need you to come to my place. It's urgent. Uh, sure. Is everything okay? No, no. Uh, please, hurry. The detective grabbed his hat and coat and ran down the hallway towards the entrance. He wanted to give Hicks a piece of his mind, but she had gone. Officer Daniels now commanded the desk. I see you're up. Daniels said, seeing him head out the door. Yeah, he replied, and then he asked, Did Hicks head home? Yep, she was spent, Daniels replied. She covered for me so I could take the little ones trick-or-treating with Jess. Then he added, That woman's got a heart of gold. Daniels was right, but he'd still have to scold her later. Time wasn't a luxury he had. Half stumbling down the steps, he jumped into his car and drove off. A few minutes later, he pulled in front of the Donaldson residence. It was a small ranch on a meticulously kept piece of property. He could see Rich, his wife, and two children standing on the front lawn. The little girls were crying and their mother looked shocked, horrified. Rich approached quickly as he pulled up. Thanks for rushing over, he said. What's up? You'll have to see it, he said, as they started walking over to the front door. Did you ever find out what that black sedan was up to? Stevens asked. No, it was gone when I got here. Oh, that's good. That's what I thought, too, until, well, we got back. On the front step, 
was a mangled, bloody mess. Is that our dog Cody? Yes. A knife hung, stabbed into the door, and written in dripping blood, return to us what is ours or else. Do you know what this means? Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid I do. He flipped open his phone. Sergeant Daniels. Daniels, it's me. Is everything okay, Detective? No, I need a CSU over at the Donaldsons. Is Detective Donaldson okay? Yeah, they're fine, but... Copy that. I'm on it. He turned to his partner for the last three years. Rich? Yeah? Do you trust me? Without question. Then listen. I'm sending Katie and your girls to Millbrook. Millbrook? That's an hour away. Why? Do you really think that's necessary? He shot him a look as if to say, What did I just ask you? Yeah, I'm afraid I do. And I don't want you to go with them. I've got to make some arrangements first, and when everything is set, I will have Hicks meet you at the midnight diner around 6 p.m. tonight. First, I will have to give her a call and get you and Kat new phones and provide Kat and the girls transportation. You're not going to call or talk to anyone about this, understand? Donaldson looked at him as if he was out of his mind. What? You're kind of freaking me out with this. Yeah, well, I told you. You need to trust me on this. Okay, I will. When they're safely off, meet me back at McCluskey's at 7 p.m. The dive on Copper Street? He gave a wry grin. Yeah, what we need to talk about is going to beg for a glass or two. Right, on it. Katie, kids, he yelled out, and his wife looked up. Moving across the lawn to where they stood, Hey, Katie, the detective said, tipping his hat slightly. Kate looked up at him with hurt, pleading eyes. Warren, who would do something so... Her voice trailing off into sobs. I have an idea, Katie, but I'm going to be stealing that husband of yours for a few days. And I need you and the girls to follow my instructions, okay? He felt the tugging on his coat. Uncle Warren? One of the two girls looked up at him with tear-filled blue eyes. Why would someone hurt Colt? He was a good puppy. I know, sweetie. Don't worry. Your Uncle Warren's going to take care of it. Really? Yeah, kids. You know your Uncle Warren. Wiping the tears from her eyes and nodding. Yeah, you and Daddy will get them real good. His phone began to vibrate again, out of control in his pocket. It was the hospital. Shit. He had forgotten the nurse Heidi had called earlier looking for him at the station. Detective Stevens. Detective. A nervous, quiet voice responded. Speaking? There's a strange man with a tattoo on his face looming about. This is the third time he's been here today. Please, he's creeping us out. Hurry! He tossed Donaldson his keys. I'm taking your cruiser. Donaldson quickly dug out his keys and shuffled them off into Detective Stevens' waiting hand. Need my help? He asked. What did I tell you? McCluskey's at seven, he replied. I'll see you there. Be safe. You too. He ran off as quickly as his old legs could take him and started up the cruiser. It was much newer and nicer than the beat-up fort he was driving. A dark blue and gray Dodge Charger. Its engines roared to life as he wasted no time punching the accelerator. He picked up the car's radio and called out as he drove. This is Detective Stevens on route to St. Teresa's. Please send backup. Copy, Detective. I have Detective Rogers and Officer Granton Kemsky in route now. The car skidded a little as he turned sharply onto leads. 
He could see several children being pulled back by their parents as the tires screeched around the corner. Out of the corner of his eyes, he could see a second cruiser running its way down, lights blaring. Up ahead, the hospital rose and cars parted as quickly as they could to allow him passage. A car started to pull forward and Stephen slammed on the brakes, hitting the horn. He felt the car twisting, grabbing at the road, trying to slow its ascent. Hitting the curb, it flew up, landing onto the grass with a thunderous crack just in front of a large fountain. The white pillow-like cushion of the airbag exploded in front of his eyes, the acrid smell of the nitrogen filling his nostrils. Damn, too fast, he thought as the car jolted itself against the fountain and a splash of cold water sprayed across his face. The horn blared loudly as the engine's whine slowly subsided. As he staggered out the door and found himself face down in the grass, people were calling his name from behind. Stevens! Detective Stevens! Warren, Jesus, you okay? He waved them off using the hood of the disabled vehicle to regain his balance. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Can you walk? It was Rogers. Stop worrying about me. Just get in there and find out what's going on. Rogers ran off, and after a few more minutes of clearing his head, he followed suit. Rogers entered into the hospital, scanning, looking for the man Stevens described as a walking nightmare. In the distance, he saw a man, his broad back leaning over a terrified woman, shrieking, desperately trying to crawl away. Then two other men moved in quick and tackled him, pulling him to the floor. You must give us the girl! She belongs to us now! She is for the great Igyatsu! He struggled against the two orderlies and managed to free himself. Miss Kuchma let out another terrified scream as he lurched at her. A bang rung out, and everyone scattered as Detective Rogers fired off a warning shot. The short man twirled around and hissed at Rogers. Get away from that woman or I'll shoot you, Rogers hollered. In a sneer, the man bared his teeth and once more exclaimed, You must give us the girl! She belongs to us now! She is her the great Igatsu! This time, Roger fired, hitting the man in the shoulder. A red bloom of blood spread across the man's gray and blue robes. But instead of backing away, he seemed to leap several feet and took off with lightning speed toward the side exit. Roger followed him, aiming with his gun, looking for a crippling shot, but he was too fast. Detective Stephen followed in and approached Rogers. He was still standing with his gun drawn in the air, with a fierce anger pouring from his eyes. Heidi peered over the desk. Is he gone? She asked Detective Rogers, her eyes darting back and forth in complete terror. Rogers nodded. The man had escaped. Oh, thank God. Miss Kuchma emerged with two orderlies. She was shaking, tears pouring down her face. Detective Stevens turned to Heidi. Sorry we took so long. Who was he? I'm not sure. He's a member of that church I spoke of earlier, Rogers answered. INA? Yes, Rogers responded. What or who is Ikyatsu? I'm not 100% certain, but I think it's a demonic god or something that they worship. What does that awful man want with my baby? What does he mean Alex belongs to him? Miss Kuchma asked. He thought about the strange virus that seemed to be rapidly changing the girl's DNA. Could that be what he was referring to? I'm not sure, Miss Kuchma, the detective said. But I can assure you, we won't let that man anywhere near Alex. Miss Kuchma looked stretched. It was clear the stress was getting to her. Dr. Rhinecliffe marched up from behind them, steam rising from his ears. What's going on here, detective? Who the hell was that man? One minute, doctor. First... Is Alex safe? Yes, yes. 
We've increased security and moved her to our private location. Good. Detective, the sobs of Miss Kuchma coming from behind him as she continued to latch onto him for protection. Please, Miss Kuchma, I know you're frightened, but I need to talk privately with the doctor for a minute. She nodded, and Detective Rogers led her away. How is she, doctor? How is Alex? Well, we've definitely managed to solve whatever's happening to her, but I still don't know what it is. I see. If we don't get some answers soon, the doctor stated. I know, doctor. I know. But we also have very little to go on. He looked at the trail of blood, heading out the side entrance. Although, I think I have a good idea on where we need to start. He walked away and called over the other two officers that had arrived with him. Unless the chief overrides me, I want you two to stand post here until you're relieved later. I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of these people. These cultists. I think they may make another attempt. If they do, don't hesitate to draw your weapons. Consider them an imminent threat. Understood? Yes, sir. He looked at his watch. It was three. He still had to make arrangements for Donaldson. He dialed the only person he knew he could trust. <sighs> Hello? An extremely sleepy voice met his ears. Hey, Hicks. Sorry to wake you, but... But I need a hand with a couple things. He could hear her eyes rolling in her forehead. Ugh, what? He proceeded to tell Hicks' plans. You know, detective, when a woman gives a man her phone number... It's not supposed to be so he can wake her up and give her extra work. I'm sorry, Hicks. You're going to owe me for all of this. I figured. We'll negotiate terms later. Right now, I'm up to my neck at the hospital. He hung up and started looking for Detective Rogers. Anything, he asked. Detective Rogers shook his head. Tim, I think we better pay a little visit to that church of INA. I agree. The big man looked somber as they headed back out of the hospital. Stevens looked over at the smashed cruiser. I guess I'd better ride with you. The detective jumped forward looking to ensnare Master Rune, but found a tiny little fish instead. Donaldson has declared boldly that he is not afraid. Are you so sure? Our hero Detective Stevens knew enough to hide your wife and children. And what does the cult of Igyatsu want with little Alex? They seem hell-bent on acquiring her. <laughs> oh, 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 what are we going to do? And what will our hero find at the Temple of Ione? Is it really a good idea to step into the dragon's mouth? Or maybe I should say, tentacles grip. <laughs> Find out next week in Chapter 5. One step forward.